Welcome, I'm Connie Albers. You're listening to Equipped to Be. Have you ever struggled with understanding the Bible? Maybe you read it and it kind of glazes over. You don't see the depth of it. Maybe you can't remember who's who or what they did or when they did it. And you find that reading the Bible is not as much about gaining truths as it is kind of like a checklist. Sometimes that happens to Christians as they're reading God's Word. And so I've asked Annie Weber to come on the program, and she shows us how truths of the Scriptures actually help transform her life and how it can transform yours as well. Stick around. I know you're going to enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Well, I've invited Annie Weber to the podcast today. She is an author, but more than anything, she is a truth teller and really wants families to dive deep into discovering the joy found in the Bible. Yes, joy found in the Bible. So we're actually going to talk about that with my guest today. Annie, listen, I want you to tell us a little bit. My audience may not be familiar with you, and I would like for you to share a little bit about who you are. Yes, absolutely. Great to be here with you, Connie. My name is Annie. I'm a wife to one, mom to four, also a licensed foster mom. So we've had a couple extra kids this past year. Currently on the island of Guam. And uh, yeah, just released a book called Astounding Truths of the Bible. I love now that I'm really dialed in on my vision and my calling in life, which is to help people better understand the word of God. I love how you said dialed in. I mean, to be honest with you, I cannot tell you how many times, especially on all the social media feeds and even actually in real conversations that I will hear people, they're pivoting, they're readjusting, they're letting go of something, they're picking up something new. So I especially loved hearing you say dialing in. What did it take for you to dial in to this particular message? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I mean, really, my last 15 years of life as a mom, I've I've been home with my kids. So um, I think, first of all, I was late comer to the Bible. And that's because the Lord kind of took everything away that I was chasing. It was 28 when I first really got into studying God's word. And I was a new mom. So I didn't have a career anymore. Didn't have a hot body anymore that I was chasing. You know, all the fleshy (laughs) things, all the world, all the things the world told me to desire um, were taken away. I was home, new mom, new life. And that's when I really just got exposed to studying the word of God, um, was invited to my first Bible study, had time. You know, I remember thinking at the time, how do people do this in a career? I mean, I now understand people can study the Bible and do it with a career. But for me, I'm kind of like an all in a thousand percent energies into one project at a time. So when I was adjusting to life as a new mom, my husband had just gotten home from Afghanistan. So that was really the years where I just really sought to study and become familiar with the word of God. So yeah, it's kind of been a project over the last 15 years. And now I'm in a season, moving to Guam kind of cleared away my schedule. We were in Northern Virginia before this. So moving here took away all my commitments, all the things I was plugged in and just completely cleared my schedule to allow myself the margin to sit down and commit to this project about writing a hundred astounding truths. And so I'm grateful that the Lord had allowed, you know, that time in that season. Now it's funny because you mentioned that you live in Guam. How do you like it over there? And I say over there, I'm, you know, I'm in sunny Florida. And so what's the culture like for you? I love the culture in Guam. The island life suits me. For those of you that are listening, and, and it's okay, I, I full disclosure, I didn't even know where Guam was when my husband first you know, introduced us to this experience. You take a plane to Honolulu, and then you go another seven hours west, and then you'll end up on Guam. I'm over here closer to Australia, just east of the Philippines. But island life is beautiful. The culture is very different here. It, it feels 
at times very third world. I mean, it is a U.S. territory, so there's a lot of military presence and federal presence, but the local culture is called the Chamorro culture. The They have their own language, native language here. We've been exposed to the culture with having um, local kids as foster kids. So it's been a great, hands down, probably one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had in my life. I'm so thankful that the Lord would allow us to um, come here and experience this. You know what? It's funny. We have listeners from over 30 countries that listen to Equip to Be. So as you were describing where you were from, I'm thinking, oh, I'm in sunny Florida in North America. For those of you that are in Australia and the Philippines, um, so you probably know exactly where Guam is, and you could probably tell us what Guam is like or where you live. What is it like for you, and what are you experiencing? And there was something else you said that caught my attention that made me smile, and that's just like, I had a mom body. I'm like, have you ever noticed there'll be all these memes on social media for guys that have a dad body? What did they do? What did they do to earn that? <laughs> it makes me laugh because I don't see very many women posting mom body here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of one of those funny things in our our culture right now that is all the rage. So You know, we were talking beforehand about what we were going to discuss in our show today with our time together. And I have to tell you, as I was doing research on you, there were several things that I found interesting about you that you enjoy photography. And when I think of Guam, I actually do think of going, you know, you're strolling the beach all the time and flip-flop weather and all of that. But you have other hobbies and skills like photography and fitness, because you said you're a wellness fitness enthusiast. I'm assuming that means you try to eat kind of clean and healthy, or does that mean more than that? I, I try. Yes. Always the struggle is the diet. Um, for years, I was in balancing my career as a mom. Also, I was teaching group fitness. So I've had, I've ridden the wave of all all the things. I would say the past year, I've been less active with, you know, really producing the book that took all my time and energy, but hiking here is next level. And I enjoy, I have, I'm working with a trainer right now. So yeah, I absolutely enjoy. And especially as I'm aging, I'm now approaching mid 40. So I realize it's, it's important more than ever, not just because, you know, I want to look good or have less than 26% body fat. It's just more, I mean, it's, and it's a biblical command. I mean, that's always my prayer, my underlining prayer for myself and for others, for my friends to be well in the mind, body, and spirit. So yeah, honoring God with our bodies is a big part. I mean, I'm married to a guy who's super disciplined in his health and wellness, ridiculously fit. So that's the example we want to set, obviously, for our kids. And uh, I haven't arrived yet. I mean, you know, the, the eating, you know, the diet is is always a struggle. But yeah, I, I try most. I mean, my goal every day is to walk an hour a day. And I don't hit it every day, but I try most days. We have a national park here that I um, called the War in the Pacific National Park. And I try to walk there an hour every morning just to enjoy um, some time alone and enjoy looking at the beach. So, Annie, it's really funny. When I was actively raising all the littles in my life, I was so disciplined. I'd get up at 4.30, get to the gym by 5 so that I could get home by 6, shower, get all that stuff and breakfast on the table. And we homeschooled our kids. And now it's like, yeah, no. And my kids now, I mean, they'll, they laugh because I was very health-minded. Um, I think that's probably what allowed me to like survive all those years. And when they, when I was finished, it was like, shh. And my kids are constantly saying, mom, remember those days you used to have grapes in the refrigerator for us? That was our snack. And they were kind of mocking me back then because all the other kids got chips and Pop-Tarts. And I was like, oh, you can go get your grapes. And so my kids, 
you know, laugh at me now. And now they're like, mom, where are the fruits and vegetables in your fridge? I'm like, they're at the grocery store. I haven't gone to get them yet. (laughs) So I love that. And one thing that I absolutely love is that there's an intentionality about what you do. The intentionality to get up and exercise, the intentionality to eat well, the intentionality to spend time in God's word. So let's talk about that. Tell me and tell our listeners who want to know more about how do you enjoy the Bible? How do you find joy in the Bible in bite-sized pieces? Yeah, I love. Thank you for noticing the food reference. I had that. That was intentional, bite-sized. So thank you. I don't know if everyone gets that, but you got it. To answer your question, Connie, I know that my personality is better in that everyone's like this. I recognize my, my husband's not like this. He's disciplined on his own, but I do better in life when I'm accountable to a group. So for years I did group fitness and now I'm even working you know, with a trainer in a group environment because I'm more accountable when I have others on the journey with me. It's the same with studying the Bible. I have been um, active in participating in a ministry called Community Bible Study for the last 12 or so years. Are I'm accountable. Kidding? Yes, I'm accountable. I love I love that it's it's structured. It's a program. Like again, I I want to say that I'm, you know, I have arrived and have modeled the the world's best discipline, but full disclosure and full transparency, no. I mean, I I always do better when I'm accountable to a group. So with all things related to studying the Bible, the fitness journey, I just love having a team of people alongside to work through. Well, did you know, Annie, I did a series on community and the value of community because exactly what you said. And you know, what's interesting is you're like, I haven't arrived. I haven't either. Life keeps throwing us curveballs. Life changes. Our body continually changes. Our mental acuity, our ability to multitask, if that's really ever a thing, but our ability to do that changes. And and I say this in Parenting Beyond the Rules, Annie, I say as our kids adjust, as our teens adjust, uh, a change, we have to adjust. But what I just heard you say is that's true of, of where you are. You, you're disciplined here. You're moving forward in this way. Let's just face it. Life happens. Our kids get sick or there's a death in the family, a financial shortfall, just an un, you know unexpected twist and turn, which is you know always happening. And so, no, your bite size was not lost on me. Uh, that's why I love these conversations because honestly, people often ask me, "How do you do it all?" And people are used to Annie saying, "Oh, it's like eating an elephant, one bite at a time." Now, for those of you that are not living in in the U.S. or Canada or U.K. That's just a slang reference of you break it down into bite-sized pieces. And so I have to tell you this story. When I am talking with with moms primarily at different conferences, they'll ask me how to get it all done. Yes, I could go into rhythm. I could go into routines. I could go into discipline and, you know, all the things we've heard. But my best analogy is pulling out a bag of potato chips. I'll say, you know, you open a bag of potato chips. How do you eat a bag of potato chips? One chip at a time. And that visual, I know that's not good for your healthy lifestyle, but that visual is so understandable. You could use an apple, you could use an orange, you could use, you know, a carrot one bite at a time. But the analogy is so true of breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, as well as community. We have our faith community, we have our mom's community, but we're more than moms, we're more than wives, we're more than fitness experts or photography gurus. There's more to us than that. And that is something that's at our very core. So in your book, Astonishing Truths, I noticed that you have a hundred 
astonishing truths. So we can't go through all 100 of them, obviously, but talk to me for a minute and tell me what moved you the most, what changed you as you were writing it, as you were diving in. Just maybe list a couple of those truths and why they are so important to you specifically. Not that all 100 aren't, but you know what I mean? There's like in my book, listening and monitoring your mouth are like, oh, those are really important to me because that's at the key of relationships. So in finding joy in God's word in the Bible, what is that? Yeah. Well, the first, I mean, one of my favorite books of the Bible is Genesis. So I couldn't write a book about the Bible without including the story of Joseph. So the astounding truth I wrote about Joseph was that number one, first thing, one of the first things we learned from God about Joseph is that God tells us, number one, he had a good looking face and number two, a good looking body. So beyond that, what can we learn from Joseph's life? Well, he had years of hardship. I mean, his brothers tried to kill him, then he sent away, and then he was accused of rape. And, you know, a lot a lot of things that are not ideal happened to him. But the most remarkable thing, and this is the astounding truth I wrote about, was years later, we see Genesis 50, 20, he says, what man intend to harm, God used for good. And mm-hmm. what I love about that is it really expresses the sovereignty of God that he had a life of hardship and trials and things that did not go as he would have planned. Yet, God used all those seasons of hardship to glorify him and to reveal his plan. So that's one of them. I mean, I love, I wrote a lot about the Old Testament because I love just picking up the things about the Bible that are intimidating and breaking them down, explaining them. I was at a writer's conference last year, and that was one thing that was on trend for 2023-24, write about the Bible in plain language. The other part of the Bible that I love is the letter writing ministry of Paul. He writes these letters of encouragement from prison. And so a lot of the scriptures I picked were just scriptures that he wrote about to the early churches for encouragement, for wisdom, you know, sharing. Um, He writes a phrase in the Bible referring to itching ears. So why did Paul write about itching ears? Was he expressing a need for Benadryl? No, probably not. He used that metaphor to explain to the churches, be aware you're going to fall into or be exposed to false teachers. And that's how he used to explain to them, don't listen to false teachers, rely on what is the truth of what God says. Do you see a lot of false teaching? Honestly, ironically that you just asked, I just went up to the library at the Air Force Base just the other day, and I happened to just grab a couple books for my son. I was with my four-year-old, but then, of course, I always grab a few books. I picked out five books, authors I really hadn't been familiar with, and I started reading two of them the other night, and both of them I found a message that was not biblical. So again, it all goes back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? One of these authors had a line about, you know, salvation is found in people. And, you know, she was listing things salvation found in. And it was a great, you know, encouraging message. It sounds it sounds great, you know, again, if you don't know the Bible. But yeah, so to answer your question, I mean, you do you do find, I mean, here, I, I didn't research these authors. I didn't know them. But, you know, the messages weren't exactly biblical. So, I, yeah, that was that was just this week. Yeah, I often read books from people I know I have very little in common with. I know I don't think like them. I don't feel the same way they do about issues. I don't experience the world the way they do, but I learn a lot. And so I I want to know how others think, how they feel and experience the world around them. How else can we reach them? How can we know where they are? Jesus went to where the people were. And then he ministered to them. He didn't sit around waiting for people to say, hey, Jesus, let me talk to you. They did, but it's because he showed up somewhere. And 
I really enjoyed Astounding Truths number 90, and that is God equips us for his purposes. You use Exodus because you were talking about how you enjoy the Old Testament. I do too. We can certainly learn a lot. Even Paul, though, even though that's New Testament, I love how he does give encouragement, but he also gives uh, rebuke. And so I, I'd rather be in the line for encouragement and exhortation. Uh, I don't care to step into the rebuke line, but I have at times. But you use Exodus 4.10. Then Moses said to the land, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. As we kind of wrap up our time, can you unpack a little bit of that? I love that one. And people are lost. So they just, I hear all the time, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my plan is. And it's pretty simple to me, but I want to hear you explain it. Yes. The reason I picked that one is because what I feel like the Lord wants us to know from that scripture, well, here's the context, is that Moses did not feel prepared to talk to Pharaoh. He had a stutter. That's why he's saying he feels I'm slow in speech and tongue. He had some speech challenges and he was saying straight up to Lord, the Lord, I don't want to do the talking. And so the takeaway from this and why I wrote about God equips us for his purpose is that, you know, I shared some things in my life that, of course, I didn't feel prepared for. You know, I mean, even with marriage, I, I referenced that. I mean, you kind of, at least I did, I went into marriage like, okay, I'm saying yes, but am I prepared? No. I mean, at that season, I felt like I was still, you know, very much self-focused and as you know, when you get married, you have to become unified, you know, others focused, your spouse focused. Yeah. Um, so there was a learning curve there. I mean, same with motherhood. I, you know, was I equipped for motherhood? No. Again, probably had a lot of those same tendencies. I thought the world revolved around me. And I thought that, again, self-focused. The Lord has really stretched me and grown me in my sanctification process. I mean, part of the Christian journey is not being self-focused. But, you know, the whole point of Astounding Truth number 90 is just really to understand that God will equip us for his purposes. And when he asks you to do something, he gives us a calling and says, go forward. And he was clear to tell Moses, I want you to go talk to Pharaoh. So that's the key, right? People are are searching and they're trying to figure out my purpose, my calling, all of that. God, God told Moses. So if you are struggling with knowing your purpose, uh, your calling, you know, they do change. God calls you to do different things in different seasons. Uh, you really can't be a mom when you don't have your kids, right? It's kind of, you can mother others, but there is a different dynamic to that. But I loved how you closed this uh, because I love the prayer that you have. And it says, Lord, I ask you to completely equip me with a fresh confidence to do the work you have called me to do. You know, equipped to be is you are equipped to be a doer of God's word. And yes, he will. There, I believe there's a, a misnomer that God's only going to call you if you're equipped. I, I think it's sometimes the exact opposite. He does give you strengths and talents and and giftings. But oftentimes the race that he sets before you, most of the time, like Moses, you don't feel equipped for it. But it's through saying yes. Like you said, I said yes. I said I will. I, I do. I think when we do that, Annie, something changes in us. Humbleness comes into play. Certainly not pride because we're not all boastful in and of ourselves. We're relying. We're relying on the Lord. And so I love that about what you said. You said, allow me not to focus on my weaknesses, but rather on the Holy Spirit's power to do the things that you have ordained for me. Help me remember that if God has called me, he will equip me with what I need according to his purposes. 
So kind of going to like when you said when you get married, marriage is a great refiner, right? We see our selfishness. We see there's room for improvement <laughs> in our lives. I thought I'd be a great wife. And then I got married. I was like, I, I don't know that I signed up for this. I thought motherhood was going to look very different. And sometimes I was like, are these really the kids you gave me? Now, I know my kids listen to the podcast. Yes, I love each of you. And you know that. But it's a tough journey. And so as we wrap up the show, I'm going to have everything to help you find Annie on ConnieAlberts.com. So scoot over there. But Annie, I would love for you to kind of close us out with a thought that you would like our listeners to consider as they are walking this journey that's set before them. Absolutely. I'd love to. I will say my favorite thing about my faith journey and really about the Christian faith is really dialing into knowing that the Lord is sovereign in everything that he ordains, the sovereignty of God. That's a theme throughout my book. I think a lot of peace and clarity in my life, I've arrived at understanding a little more is that even the shadow sides of life, even things that happen that, you know, we wouldn't choose for ourselves. I mean, that's probably why I love the story of Joseph so much. You know, a lot of times the Lord allows us to have these things, one, to draw closer to him, two, to perhaps really, you know, strengthen our faith. And also, to be used in our testimonies and to use our stories to bless others. I mean, I, I've gone through things that I think, oh, why I wouldn't have chose this. I had a cleft baby. My fourth baby had a cleft. Would I have chosen that? No, I, I wouldn't have picked it. But was it used in my sanctification? Yes. Was it used in my refinement? Absolutely. He's the best thing to ever happen to me now, that little cute cleft baby. So all those things, I just really encourage your listeners to, you know, dial in on, okay, what am I struggling with? What am I going through? And what what do I think God can teach me through this season? And how can I use it to bless and share my testimony and increase my awareness of God's call in my life? Oh, I love it. I love it. Because our strength really does come from the Lord, doesn't it? Yes. All right. So friends, I hope you've enjoyed our time together with Annie. And uh, Annie, I'm so grateful that you came on Equipped to Be. Where can we find you? Just give us a, a couple places that our listeners that maybe are just listening to the podcast and they're not in front of their computers, where can they find you? My website, Astounding Truths. It's got some information. I'm also active on the socials, Facebook and Instagram. So, so yeah, astounding.truths on Instagram. Astounding.truths on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But what is your website? Astoundingtruths.com. Astounding That's what I needed to know. All right, friends, this wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. I do pray that this has been a blessing to you. You know, Annie probably wasn't even aware of the series that we've done on community and the value that comes from community. And so make sure you go back and you listen to some of those episodes. I know it will encourage you, especially in light of our conversation, as well as some of the relationship building podcasts that we have done. You know, we cannot walk in isolation. We walk with others. We are made for relationships and we are defined by our relationships. And one of the most important relationships we can have is actually with the Lord. So Annie, thanks for coming on Equipped to Be and sharing your, your wonderful book, Astounding Truths of the Bible. Again, everything will be in the show notes and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us on Equipped to Be. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.